You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome back. Welcome to a fresh week. I am so glad that you're here and that we're spending this time together, and I'm thrilled to share the work of my guest with you this week. Her name is Julie Ryan. She's a psychic and medical intuitive. In addition to being an inventor and entrepreneur. She's really an amazing woman. And speaking with her, you would never think that she was this psychic who had this access to all of this information and had the ability to speak with the dead and ability to medically scan people and figure out what was wrong with them and then heal them. I mean, she just seems like a regular person, which I think is so refreshing. Um, And she takes a really practical approach to psychic ability. She says children especially can communicate with spirit Um, because they're so new to earth. And and we talk about energy and how really our energy field is just surrounding our bodies and we're fields of energy having a human experience. So practically, I wanted to get her, you know, to answer my questions. How do we access our own psychic abilities? How do we communicate with deceased loved ones who have passed over? What happens when we die? You know, is there a God? Are there angels? All the major life questions Um, And she was so gracious and thorough in answering those questions. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode a lot. I really did. I didn't want to get off the interview. I wanted to talk to her forever. Um, But if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Please uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And, you know, I'm just so, so grateful that, you know, you're here and that you're listening and expanding your own psychic abilities and potential and really uplifting the whole universal consciousness in the process. Enjoy the episode. Julie Ryan. This episode is sponsored by Podcorn. And what is Podcorn, you might ask? Well, it's a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host red ads, like the one you're listening to right now, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. You can upload your analytics, set your own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. And when I first started podcasting two years ago, I had no idea how to monetize my podcast. I would reach out to brands and it was completely hit or miss. I didn't even know if they were interested in sponsoring podcasts. Now with Podcorn, I know exactly who is on the market and if they align with my brand and my podcast and my audience and all of that. So it's really made podcasting easy and finding sponsors even easier. So I have the link to sign up for Podcorn in the show notes. So if you are interested in starting a podcast or you already have one, definitely go check them out. Well, hello, Julie. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. Uh, We were talking a little bit before, and when I saw your work and saw everything that you're doing in the world, I knew instinctively that I had to have you on the show. So thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So to kind of give our audience a little bit of background about you and how this all began, Tell us um, how you got into the work that you're doing. Did you always know that you had a gift? How did this all begin? Oh, no. I'm not one of those psychics who's had dead people chasing her since childhood. Or if I did, (laughs) I didn't know it. (laughs) What I would have done with the information. But I, Liz, I'm, a, I'm an inventor of surgical devices that are sold throughout the world. Some of my inventions have been on the market for 30 years this year. Wow. And I am an entrepreneur. I have founded nine companies in five industries over the past 35 years. So I tell people I'm a businesswoman who learned how to do woo-woo, and I'm a buffet of psychicness, which is true. <laughs> So we can, what I've learned to do, and actually I teach this, I have a class that I teach, it's 
I have a session going on. Uh, I'll have another class tomorrow. It's four Saturdays in a row. And I have 12 students from four countries. And we do it online on a, the Zoom video platform. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we learn after four weeks, everybody can communicate with spirit, which allows them to um, scan people medically, scan pets medically, talk to deceased loved ones, do past life stuff, do, talk to spirit guides, angels, get guidance on absolutely anything, access absolutely any kind of information. Wow. I equate it with... You know, you teach somebody to read and they can learn mm-hmm. anything. You teach somebody to communicate with spirit. And again, I mean, it's unlimited. That's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And that, that was my next question is, are we all blessed with these gifts or is it just a select few who are born with a little bit of difference in their brains? But it seems like anyone can be taught this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We all come in with intuitive capabilities We've all had situations, Liz, where we thought of somebody and then we run into them seemingly out of the blue or they call us or they text us and you say, oh, I was just thinking of you and here mm-hmm. you are. And we think, okay, what a coincidence. Right. Well, no coincidences in life. And little children especially have their intuitive skills still intact till about the age of about seven or, or six or seven is usually when they start to wane, primarily because parents and teachers and grandparents and adults tell them, oh, honey, that's just your imagination. That's wow. not really real. When they see an imaginary, you know, they have an imaginary friend or whatever. But I have many, have had many moms and grandmothers and other parents over the years ask me to write a book to explain spiritual things to little children because uh, they have so many stories about uh, their three-year-old coming in and saying things about the mom's grandmother mm-hmm. who's been, who was dead before this child was ever born. And this child knows information about the grandmother and this child doesn't read yet. Yeah. Or, or uh, a child that's had a past life who knows details that can be corroborated with historical information or one of my favorites, one of your neighbors, we were talking about you living in Atlanta and one of your neighbors that lives in your neighborhood uh, is the daughter of a dear friend. And, and my friend called and she said, her grandson had said to his mom, mommy, you're my favorite of all my mommies. And, she said, well, honey, I'm your only mommy. And he said, no, mom, you're my favorite of all my mommies. Wow. And, and she said, well, what does that mean? And, and or, or maybe she said again, honey, I'm your only mommy. And he said, no, mom, babies are born they, to moms and dads. They grow up and then they die. And then they are born again to different moms and dads. And then they grow up and then they die. And you're my favorite of all my mommies. This kid was four, Liz. Oh my gosh! So yeah, I mean, I I think we've all we've all heard stories like that where they can actually go back to old neighborhoods and I've you know and they can see where the person grew up and they're like, wow, they've never been here before. They know the street, they know the buildings. It's all accurate. So talk to us about how we can nurture our children, nurture these gifts that they inherently have, 
and then explore our own because this is something I'm just immensely curious about. I mean, I've always felt very spiritual myself. My son even said, I asked him one time, um, you know, where were you before, you know, before you were with us? And he said, well, I was just kind of, kind of just out there. And then I chose you as my, as my mom. And I was like, what? Tell me more. And he's like, and then he ran yeah. off to do something else. So talk yeah. to us about how we can nurture these gifts. Cause I, I think it can only be good. Well, that's what I talk about in my new book. It's called Angel Messages for Kids. And exactly what your son said, I say in the book, before you were born, you chose the people who would love and take care of you, and you decided to become a baby. Mm. And so it's it's really interesting how children know this stuff and how we nurture it is we listen to them and we don't discount what they're saying. When they say, that they have an imaginary friend and the friend has a name, listen to them and have a conversation with them about it. And even though mommy and daddy can't see the imaginary friend, that little child can see them. And so I have the ability to communicate with spirit. I have the ability to do what's called remote viewing. So if your child is, if your baby's in a crib, I can scan the baby. I can even do like instant replays. And this is what I teach my students to do. Instant replays, like at a football game on TV, you know, mm-hmm. where they'll do it, do an instant replay of a touchdown or something. And I can tell you who the spirits are in their room with them. I mean, our wow. deceased loved ones are around them. And, and these little kids and babies can see them. Babies that wake up in the middle of the night uh, that are crying I've worked with several moms and families with that situation. And inevitably it's there's spiritual activity going on in their room. And then they leave for some reason, the baby's mad because the baby's (sighs) having fun. And, you know, we've all heard our babies on the monitor where in the middle of the night, it sounds like they're talking to somebody, they're cooing Mm -hmm. or they're awake and they're just, cooing well they're talking telepathically to the spirits in the room I've even seen Liz and now when I talk about when I see it's in my mind's eye mm-hmm. right so I've even seen you know how in Toy Story the toys come alive at night mm-hmm. when or during the day when the family's gone I have seen that phenomenon on more than one occasion there was wow. uh, there was a family in Buckhead right next to you who uh, the mom had just given birth. She was in Northside Hospital. She'd had a C-section, so she was in the hospital for a couple of days. And the grandparents, who were Greek, Greek immigrants, were Mm -hmm. staying at the house. So in the middle of the night, Grandma, Yaya, wakes up, and she hears this song coming out of the nursery, something about it's some song that she heard growing up in Europe. And she was like, what the heck? And her husband heard it too in the middle of the night. And she, she got up and she looked in the room and nothing was there. And she got back in bed and she heard it coming out of the room again. So that was spirit and who it was. We did an instant replay was it was her grandmother's spirit who was in the nursery in the rocking chair. And the grandmother was there waiting for the baby to come home. Oh my goodness. I just got chills. (laughs) And Yaya, Yaya is telling the, you know, her daughter-in-law, she's saying, I haven't heard that song since I was a kid. But she said, my grandmother used to play it all the time for us. Wow. 
That's incredible. And I mean, I think we've all felt, you know, the presence of our loved ones who have passed, you know, especially in hard times. Is it, are they always around us or is it just in hard times or what's your read on that? Whenever we think of somebody or we talk to them, they immediately show up if they're spirit. Mm -hmm. So all, all spirits are made of energy and the body's made of energy. So we're spirits attached to a body having a human experience. And most of us that were raised in a religion, I was raised Roman Catholic, and I was taught that the spirit or the soul, same thing, Mm -hmm. is in the chest area. That's not what I perceive, Liz. What I perceive is the spirit is the main part of us and the body's inside the spirit. So if you think about looking at a painting or a picture of a religious figure, it'll have oftentimes they'll be depicted with a halo around their head or around their whole body. Mm -hmm. That's their energy field. That's their spirit. That's their aura. It's Mm -hmm. all the same thing. So the painters of long ago, I believe, could see that, which is why they chose to paint religious figures that way. And then throughout the ages, we've just come to believe that we've been taught that means somebody's holy. When in essence, we all have that. That's what what EEGs and EKGs are registering. They're registering the frequency or the energy on the outside of the body with those electrodes, right? Right. So, So every spirit has a frequency. It's like a broadcast signal similar to a radio station. Mm -hmm. So that's what allows us to communicate with any spirit that's deceased, any spirit that's attached to a body. That spirit keeps the same frequency throughout its existence for eternity. And how we turn to that frequency or that radio station is we think of the person or we say something to them and that immediately connects us. What if you're trying to connect with someone who is alive and yeah. and they're not as in tune or they're you know they're just focused on the material is it possible to still connect with them how does that work absolutely because spirit communicates telepathically so for instance if you and i weren't on on this call i and i was thinking of you i would think of liz and i could say to you in my mind's eye or in my head you know i could ask you a question like you know, Liz, whatever. And then the answer comes in instantly. It's within a second, Liz. It's as fast as you can snap your finger. If you think about it for more than two seconds, that's your brain answering you. Uh, and the thing to remember is, is spirit is really literal. So you want to be very specific. If you're looking for guidance, especially, mm-hmm. um, you want to be really specific. An example would be, if you were asking maybe your deceased grandmother, let's say you have a deceased grandmother or great grandmother, and you say, hey, grandma, am I going to enjoy the concert? Spirit's always going to answer you telepathically. It's going to come in as a thought. It's going to feel like a thought in your head. And you're going to get yes within a second. A lot of times you'll st- when you start doing this, you'll get answers even, even when the question's being asked. Mm-hmm. Like halfway through asking the question or thinking of it, you'll get the answer that'll come in. So spirits are always going to answer correctly. The key is how to ask the question. That's what makes the, the answers usable. So you go to this concert and you hate it. After the concert, you're talking to grandma telepathically and you're saying, grandma, what's up with that? I hated that concert. 
Versus if you would have asked the question, grandma, am I going to enjoy the concert on Friday, Valentine's Day, 2020, February 14th, 2020 at XYZ venue to see XYZ performer? See the difference? Yeah. And how the question is asked. Asking, am I going to enjoy the concert? That could pertain to any concert for the rest of your life Mm. that you attend. That's huge. Versus if you're specific. Yeah. And once we communicate with spirit, either attached to a, a living human or an animal for that matter, or we are talking to spirit of someone who's deceased, the more specific we can get, the more useful the information is that we can access. And now a quick break with a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic, natural, USA-grown hemp that was specifically designed to help you, the mother, battle stress and anxiety naturally. And I'm excited to announce we just added two new CBD oils to the lineup. One is a 500 milligram natural flavor, and the other one, my personal favorite, is a peppermint flavor, and it is so delicious. It is so good, and it's going to leave you feeling calm, cool, and relaxed for your day. So head over to motherhoodunstressed.com and get yours today. Wow. So I'm wondering, you know, people talk about their grandmothers, great-grandmothers coming back and connecting with them, giving them guidance. Are we always kind of in the same family lines, Um, especially when we're reincarnated and things like that? Is it always kind of the same family line or does family line even matter? Um, Because I've heard different, different viewpoints on that. Couple things come to mind. First of all, as far as uh, people that are in our lives, they're called soulmates. Mm. And we've been taught by the publishing industry and the entertainment industry that a soulmate is our true love and we only have one a lot of the Mm. time and it's who we marry or who we fall in love with or whatever. Yeah, that's one soulmate. Everybody in our life has a soulmate. All of our parents, our siblings, our relatives, our friends, our colleagues at work, they're all soulmates. Mm. And so we all come in and out of each other's lives through multiple lifetimes in different capacities. So for instance, your grandmother in a past life maybe was your child or your sibling Mm. or your colleague or your husband or your wife or your whatever. So soulmates are everyone that's in our world, which really expands it. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I want to say about family lines and is it important, in my first book called Angelic Attendance, it's talking about what really happens as we transition when we're dying. Mm-hmm. You know, Liz, there are lots of books out there about the afterlife and near-death experiences, but there's not a lot of information out there about what happens as we're dying. Mm-hmm. And that's what's scary to a lot of people. In addition to what we've been conditioned to believe, you know, when we die, are we going to fly or are we going to fry? <laughs> you know, right? Well, yeah. Uh, but, but also about it's scary when you're with a loved one who's dying, perhaps that's in hospice, and you're thinking, oh, my God, because it makes us not only worry about them and worry about what's going to happen to them, but it makes us question our own mortality, what's going to happen to us. Right. So what I perceive is that we're surrounded by our deceased loved ones and angels in different configurations that I call the 12 phases of transition. 
And everybody goes through the 12 phases of transition, whether we die instantly, like in the case of a homicide or a suicide, mm-hmm. or whether we die over days, weeks, months, even years. And, and to your question about family line being important, it's very important when we're dying because mm-hmm. the maternal spirit that's deceased, that's closest to the person who's dying, runs the show from the spirit world. Brings wow. in the other family members, the other, you know, the other spirits. I call it the Welcome to Heaven Committee. Brings in the other angels. And on my website, AskJulieRyan.com, Liz, there are graphics of the 12 phases of transition. And you can see where the mother spirit is there. If your mother is still alive, it's going to be your maternal gra- um, grandmother. If she's still mm-hmm. alive, it's, it's your maternal grandmother's mother, your maternal great-grandmother always on the mother line. So we think we're done raising our kids when they become adults. Those of us with grown children know know, (laughs) you're never never done and it's a joy no matter what age they are. But the thing that's so fascinating, Liz, is that we're running a show for our kids from the spirit world when they die, when they're dying, and we help them transition. Mm -hmm. One other point about this whole thing that I want to mention is when a child is adopted, the it's the adopted mother that's running the show. The birth oh. mother's spirit shows up later, but it's the mom that raises the child. Interesting. Likewise, baby's spirits attach to the mom's energy field before they're conceived. Yeah. And they look like orbs that you see in a photograph sometimes. Yeah. And we and we think, oh, that's just the light was weird or it picked up a speck of dust. No, that's a spirit. Looks like the orb <laughs> that Glenda the Good Witch flies into Munchkin Land in, yeah. you know, in the Wizard of Oz. That's what it looks like. And orbs, baby spirits before they're conceived, not only attached to the birth mother's energy field, they attach to the adopted mother's energy field before they're conceived. Oh my goodness. Well, I know so many mothers who have adopted. I mean, that's making them smile right now. Yeah. How I first learned that was, oh gosh, probably 15 years ago, I was at a party and a friend had a friend who was there that I didn't know. And she was having some medical stuff going on. And so she asked me to scan her. So we're sitting on the couch at this party. (laughs) and And so I'm scanning her and I said to this woman, are you pregnant with twins or what's going on? You have twin babies energies and they hang out on top of the mom's shoulders and they're, and they, if it's multiple babies that have attached, they're in the distance, like planes coming in to land at night, you know, at the airport, mm-hmm. you can see with their landing lights on, they're stacked down in the distance. So anyways, this woman had two orbs and they were at the same place above her shoulders. They were ready. They were ready. I mean, they were like (laughs) ready. So I said to her, are you pregnant with twins? And she burst into tears, Liz. And I thought, oh God, I've offended this woman. (laughs) This is Saturday. She said, no, next Wednesday, we're flying to Guatemala because our babies are being born by C-section on Friday. Oh, oh. We're adopting. Yeah. And I thought, wow, babies attached to the mom's adopted mom's energy field too. So I think that's really, really wonderful. And, and adopted moms love those stories. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have definitely spoken to other mothers who felt that their child was around them before they even conceived. And I have had that feeling. Absolutely. 
And so to hear you say that, it really, it doesn't shock me at all because A, I've seen pictures where I've had like orbs around my left shoulder. Um, yeah. And then I've just felt it. I've just felt like I was being circled basically. So what, what happens if you don't get pregnant though? Are you breaking some destiny that you're supposed to have another child or, or does it just happen in the next life? Great question. Life is, I have a friend who coined this phrase and I love it. So I steal it from him. His name's Brandon. And he says, life is the crossroads of destiny and free will. Mm. So baby's spirits attached to the mom's energy field, good, good perception that it can be in a different lifetime. Oftentimes, uh, babies, well, babies are going to attach to the mom's energy field because we always choose when we're born, where we're born, to whom we're born, and the circumstances into which we're born because it sets our lives on a basic trajectory of what we want to explore in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. So sometimes baby's energy wants to experience what it feels like to be a miscarriage. Mm. Sometimes baby's energy wants to experience what it feels like to be aborted. Mm. Sometimes baby's energy wants to feel like what it's like to be stillborn or be born, you know, and, and be full term and, and, and live the life. I think OBGYNs have been saying for a long time that we women miscarry a lot more than any of us know. We just have no clue. And so it depends, you know, the, the possibilities really are endless, but it's up to that spirit and the mom, that's where the free will comes in. You know, it's up to that spirit and the mom and, and what, what the end result is. Wow. That's incredible because I think so many women, yeah, they've been through miscarriages or they're having trouble conceiving and they're going through all of these fertility treatments and just really like agonizing over this dream of having a baby. And so to know that, you know, maybe there was some divine you know, intervention and all of that or reason for all of that is definitely um, comforting. Well, and on the mom's side of the equation, everything unfolds perfectly in our lives. And them going through that infertility, that IVF experience or whatever they're doing to try and get pregnant, all that practice, practice, practice to try trying to get pregnant. Um, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all part of what their spirit wants to experience in this lifetime. And if we can, I, I tell my students all the time, Liz, I always say, stay in Switzerland, stay neutral, mm. know that everything's unfolding perfectly. And I use the analogy, I use analogies a lot to give our human minds some frame of reference, but I use the analogy of climbing a, a staircase. You can't get to the top step without climbing the other steps, stepping on the other steps, right? And so it all unfolds perfectly. It's benefiting us in some way, even when it feels so awful. Mm-hmm. Know that it's unfolding perfectly. It's benefiting us in some way. Maybe we'll know what it is. Maybe we won't until we're we're dead and we're in non-physical and we're in heaven and we can look back and say, oh, that's how that was benefiting me. Maybe it's benefiting you, the mom, and maybe it's benefiting the spirit that wants to come in as the baby because the baby's not ready to come in yet. Mm. Because we all choose, again, when we're born, where we're born, to whom we're born. All those circumstances are all determined by the spirit that's incarnating as a baby. So kind of like, have you ever 
had the experience or known somebody who puts an offer on a house and they don't get it. And it's a house they really wanted. And then they're so upset. And then what happens? They find another house they even like better. Sure. And they say, oh, I'm so glad that that didn't, that that didn't go through. It's the same, same thing. It all unfolds perfectly. So in your opinion, is there a a divine design going on? Is there a God? And then you have spirits underneath that, angels underneath that. How does that all work? Because I go back and forth. You know, sometimes I believe in like, yes, one God. But then sometimes I believe in, you know, we're all energy fields and it's all kind of the same thing. What's your take? I agree with you. We're all part of source. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Bible, it says we're made in the image and likeness of God. And most of us have been taught that God looks like some old man, white right, bear, right. you know, white beard, like kind of like a Dumbledore figure. <laughs> right. And taking care of us all. Lord of the Rings, sitting on a throne, you know, on a cloud someplace in the sky. God is energy. As I understand it, we're mm-hmm. all energy. Again, every spirit has a frequency, right? right? So, We're all spark a spark of the divine. We're made in the image and likeness of God. I don't believe that means that God looks like a human. I mean, for heaven's sakes, there's two trillion galaxies. Right. Who knows what other what other species are out there besides humans? Right. But but I believe we're made in the image and likeness of God in spirit form. Mm. So that's why we have the capacity to be in multiple places at the same time with remote viewing, like what I teach my students, or we're able to communicate telepathically with any spirit. We're able to access infinite intelligence as soon as we communicate with spirit. Anybody you want to talk to who's ever lived, you can communicate with them. Wow. If you want to talk to Napoleon or, you know, whomever, Moses, I mean, but and matter. since it and since it comes through telepathically, it's not like you have to translate French to English or anything like that, right? You understand exactly. what they would be saying. So what's exactly. it? What's it for the woman listening to this? What's a great way to actually do that? Is it just free writing? Is it sitting in meditation? What's or even if they want to talk to their pet or talk to their child who's not verbal yet? What's a what's a way to do that? You ask a question in your head, mm. and then as soon as you Think of that person or that pet, whether you're with them or not, you ask a question in your head. Let's say we're all, you know, we want to get information. You can make a statement or ask a question. And it it doesn't have to be yes or no. It can be multiple choice. It can be (laughs) free flowing. And and it's their answer is going to come in within a second. We have access to absolutely any thought. We have access to absolutely anyone who's ever lived, their spirit. We have access to anyone who is currently living. So that's what indigenous cultures have been doing for millennia, Liz. You know, the Aboriginal cultures in Australia and and, uh, indigenous cultures in the Amazon and Peru. I mean, they communicate, especially in Australia, across thousands of miles telepathically and have been doing so for eons. And, um, and that's any author, anybody who writes things, inventor, I'm an inventor of surgical devices. I have a degree in communication. You know, I don't, I'm not an engineer. We all pull in, we get on a frequency of thought 
and we pull in information. Yeah. We have the ability to access absolutely anything by doing it telepathically. And again, be super specific. The information is going to come in in the form of a word or a phrase, drill down on it, ask another specific question to get clarity. Take that answer, ask another question, especially if it's something that's really going to affect your life. Now, Um, you know, is it in my best interest to eat this chocolate chip cookie or this (laughs) peanut butter cookie? Really, in the scope of things, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, is it in my best interest to take this new job and move to this different city? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to have an impact. So what about, aside from information, um, can you bring into your energy field opportunities or situations or people? Does it work like that as well? Absolutely, yes, it does. And how, it, how that works is we keep our vibration level high. Mm-hmm. And how we do that is when we realize that thoughts don't originate in our heads, our heads are like big satellite dishes, that receive and transmit. And again, thoughts have a frequency, like spirits have a frequency. It's like a radio channel that we're on. And you know, when you're, when you're in the car and you're listening to classic rock and you change the station to the jazz station, maybe the jazz station's 94.7 and the classic rock's 92.1, you change that frequency and then you start pulling in a different kind of music, Right. Mm -hmm. So thoughts are the same way. Thoughts are determined based on what we're thinking at any given time. So if we're thinking about, um, I want to, you know, I want to bring in more abundance in the form of money. What do most of us focus on? Lack, right? right? We don't, we don't have enough money. I'd like to do that, but I can't because I can't afford it. So we're on the, I can't afford it channel. Mm. So we want to change it. I'm going to change the channel to the, I have money to do whatever I want. You know, anything I want, I can do. And so you, you change that frequency and how you do it is I've come up with this, this, I call it the two minute rule. And it's really simple. You can do it anywhere on any, anything. And you ask yourself, is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? You know, I don't have the money to go on vacation in the summer. You ask, and you're feeling really badly about it. Mm -hmm. You're feeling like, oh, we never have enough money. You go down this dark hole, right? Right. Never have enough money. I can't do what I want to do. Blah, 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 blah. We make all this nonsense (laughs) up in our heads, right? But you're on that channel. So we want to change the channel. As soon as we go to curiosity, it raises our vibrational level and it changes the channel. So is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? You're probably going to laugh. You're going to go, no, it's not going to kill me if I don't go on vacation this summer, Mm -hmm. right? And then what you do is you're on a different vibration and you say, how can I work it? How can we go on vacation? And then you're on the, how can we go on vacation channel? And you start bringing in ideas. Yeah. And then when you're at a high vibration, you're going to attract what you want. There are two kinds of emotions. Our emotions are either based in fear or love, right? Mm -hmm. Fear is anything that feels bad. Love is anything that feels good or even neutral. Two kinds of fear. There's rational fear. Something's going to kill you if you don't change the conditions. You better get out of the street before that truck hits you and kills you and runs you over, right? Right. 
And then there's irrational fear. Irrational fear is anything that isn't going to kill you in the next two minutes and we make it up. It's fake Mm -hmm. news. We make it up. There's a TED Talk and and it's uh, Lisa Feldman Barrett. She's a Harvard professor. And I highly recommend anybody interested in this, um, check it out online. It's talking about how we make up emotions in our head. Mm -hmm. Janelle's research. And again, emotions, we concoct in our head by the thoughts we bring in. We can change that thought, change your perspective, and then we're going to attract what we're thinking of because we're on that frequency. That's what we attract, right? Right. And I could even see that moving over into, you know, the medical field healing. I I read that you are also a healer. And is that really based in changing your thoughts and then producing different emotions, which produce different hormones? Yes, that's part of it. The work that I do, Liz, is I connect with the person's spirit Mm -hmm. remotely. Like if I was going to scan you medically, I'd connect to you. And then I have a hologram of you. I raise my vibrational level to level of spirit because when we're attached to a body, we vibrate more slowly simply because the body has mass. Mm. When we're in non-physical, we we vibrate faster because the body isn't slowing us down. So I connect to you and then I have a hologram of you in my mind's eye. I envision shooting energy into you. And then it's like I'm looking at an x-ray or a CT scanner, an MRI. Mm-hmm. And so the work that I do has three components. One is there's some kind of identification, like a diagnosis of something that's going on, if there's something going on. Number two, there's an energetic healing that happens. And it takes the form of something getting added, something getting removed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, oftentimes, I see procedures that emulate what I saw in operating rooms for all those years when I was wow. in that business or other departments of medical providers in the hospital or outside of the hospital. Sometimes I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. But to your point, I'm very descriptive about what I see because I want you to envision what I'm seeing because it's going to help integrate it into your body. Mm. Because the body's always going to follow what the brain shows it, even if the brain doesn't believe it. And an example of that is we've all watched scary movies and we know they were pretend, but our heart maybe felt like it was going to jump out of our chest because it was so scary while we were watching it. So the body was following what the brain was showing it. Right. And the brain knew it was fake. (laughs) That goes back to emotion too, right? We make stuff up. We get stressed out. We you know, we get all wound up about something and we're making it all up in our heads. Wow. Fake news. It's so, so empowering, you know, to, to hear that from you, from someone who's been doing this work for years and years and years, it, I think yeah. is very empowering for a mother who feels like she doesn't know what to do, or, you know, a guy listening to this who feels like he is not in control of his life. Like you do have the power to, to change your life in any way that you choose. I think that's really the message I'm getting. Yeah. And once we, Once we know, once we ask the, you know, two minute rule, like I use it all the time and then it becomes a habit and then you don't even think about it. You do it. I was in line in Costco yesterday and I had an appointment I needed to get to. And, you know, sometimes Costco has 15 people in line. They do it. it (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
you know, they do a good job. Of they do. Cool, they but, do. But, but when you get up to that line, you're just thinking, oh, for heaven's sakes, I'm going to be here for a week. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late to this appointment. And then if I don't see the appointment, then blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm making all this nonsense up in my head. Mm-hmm. So I do the two minute roll, Brian, really, is this going to kill you in the next two minutes? And I chuckle. I say, no. And then what I can do is I can reverse engineer all these thoughts I've created in my head. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we disprove them. And then they don't have any, any control over us anymore. Yes. I love yeah. that. I love that. Well, shoot. I mean, I could talk to you forever, but um, we are getting to the point in the interview where we have to wrap it up. If there was one big takeaway that you wanted to leave with the audience um, after everything that we've covered, what would that be? That everybody's made of energy, every spirit, we're everlasting, and we can communicate with any spirit. And when we die, we're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones, and it's a glorious thing. So, Mm. you know, keep that in mind if you're going through somebody that's dying or you've lost somebody, and it's certainly we're going to feel the grief, but there's a glorious component to it as well. And know that our loved ones are around us all the time. And then, and then the other, this is like five things I'm leaving. Yeah, I love it. No, I love it. Is that, is that your, your little children can communicate with spirit and are communicating with spirit. And you can communicate with your children telepathically, even if they're nonverbal. Awesome. Well, um, where can our audience find out more about you, get your books, Find all the things. Tell us. AskJulieRyan.com. There are links there to everything. My books are available wherever you buy books. The Angelic Attendance is available in audiobook form as well. The children's book is a picture book. So that doesn't make sense to make that an audiobook, but it's very sweet. The illustrations are just darling. So AskJulieRyan.com. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Julie. This was so much fun. I learned so much. And I, I know that the audience uh, was definitely comforted and uplifted. And, and hopefully they can put in a shift in their own energy now and, and start attracting things into their lives that they never thought possible. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you love this episode, please share it with at least one friend. Tag us on your Instagram stories. That's a great way to support the show. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you never miss out on a morning meditation or on an interview with an incredible person doing incredible work in the world. Um, And if you haven't already, um, please hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts because it really does... Uh, boost the show's rating and just it gets the message out to more and more listeners so thank you